It is so good to worship with you. My name is June, one of the pastors here at Grace. And you know, last week, just like you joining online, I, I worshiped um, at home for different reasons, but I really wanted to be here. Now, now that I'm here and I get to worship with my family, it's different. It's different. I know you all need to make what the choices that you need to make, and that's totally great. However, let's all be, let's all be, let's all continue to pray that we'll be able to gather together soon physically, that we will not give up, but rather press into gathering as we pray and ask for grace and protection of God and God to solve this pandemic and these issues so we could gather together because God does something special when we come together. And God has blessed this house, so let's pray into that. Today I want to talk to you about our greatest days of focus. So I want to share with you about focus. Would you turn to Luke 10, and we'll read two verses, verse 41 to 42. Luke 10, verse 41 to 42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Lord, it would be so nice if we could hear that voice more often. It will not be taken away from you. You have chosen the better thing. Lord, I wish that I could do a better job in my heart so I could hear you say that more. I pray that you'll give us the grace so that as we study this passage together that your Holy Spirit will help us to love your son a little more, Father. Help us, because we want to love him, but we don't know how to love him better. But then it's not up to us. We need, we need you to grace us. So would you use this moment? It is in your name we pray. Amen. We're distracted, and we live in a day and an age where distraction is filling our lives. An article in BBC about raising a generation tech. And according to the research that they've done, the teenagers now have an attention span of 28 seconds. You, were, you, were gonna, you thought I was going to say 28 minutes, right? That's the average teenager. And now suddenly your sons and your daughters are so much better than you thought they were, right? Your attention span, average teenager, is 28 seconds distracted. You know, the few of steady sellers and bestsellers in the last 10 years sounds like this. How to get things done. Eat that frog. The one thing, deep work, essentialism. And those young people who are maybe listening online and you've listened to TED Talks from these authors, what are they talking about? Being focused in a day, in a time, in a moment where we're often distracted. So I don't think this is just a teenager issue, but this is more like a world issue or a planet issue. That was an homage to Pastor Mark as he often uses the word planet and we don't as the next generation, but we love every generation in this house. <laughs> Lately, one of the videos that I've been watching constantly on YouTube with is, is a video of pressure washing. It's odd, I know. I chose that over Netflix, <laughs> which is really odd. 
pressure washing. Could you pull up that image that I sent you? I'd watch something like this. And I watch different videos of people doing pressure washing. Yes, I was shopping for a pressure washer. I'm not that weird. However, it's something very strangely soothing and comforting about that cleansing moment. When the water is just moving through that deck or that fence and it just cleanses ears of grimes and dirt, it just feels so good, right? And I was thinking about it, and I was randomly talking to God about it. God, I've been watching those videos a lot. Something wrong with me? And he said, oh, hold up one second. Would you turn to that prayer and that word that I gave you two years ago? And we were in Baltimore with a few of our leaders. And I said, okay. And I was listening to the prayer. And this is what the prayer said. The Lord, it will bring season of focus and clarity. And then he said, it's not going to be a lot of fun at first. When a prophet says that, you're like, it's not going to be fun at first. Okay, got you, I'm ready. He said, it'll be a little bit restrained and restricted. It'll be like channeling down water. It's like garden hose to pressure washer, narrow, narrowing down streams. And that's when you begin to have real impact, like never before. And I said, whoa, God, wait, pressure washing, really? You're going to use my fencing and my videos to talk to me? Cool, okay, I'm all for it. Talk to me, Daddy. He said, I really want you to be focused. And I've been working on you for the past two years. And I began to look, reflect and say, God, you have been. I have not been focused. And I still am not. I'm a still recovering distraction addict, if I may say. But I'm finding more of God's focus coming into my life by grace. And I've been starting to pray that prayer more and more. And today I stand before you, family, to say I don't have all these figures. That I'm not saying I'm the most focused person, but rather someone growing with you to say, here's a few things that I find in the Bible that I feel like God's been speaking to me over the course of last two, two years after you spoke. So here it is. When we're distracted, as we see in the passage as well, one of the symptoms is this. We begin to worry a lot. And then that worry moves to being upset. And that upsetting moves to trying to control situation or others. And that's what you'll find in verse 41b. What it means to be distracted in this passage means to be pulled in every direction. I don't know about you, but I've lived many days thinking like my mind, my emotion is pulled in every direction. I don't even know which direction I'm going anymore because I'm so distracted. You find your thought or even your life or your room or maybe your bathroom not organized over a long period of time. You cannot keep the main thing, the main thing in your life. And you'll find prayer to just be labor. It's not a pleasure anymore. It's not experiencing the person anymore. It is just pressing. And it is always, part of prayer is always pressing. We get it. But it's only pressing. It is only labor. And that is maybe when we're distracted. Carpain, one of the pastors who's doing ministries of deliverance, he said this, demons will adapt their approach to the individual. Tactics include lies and intimidation, confusion, condemnation, and we've heard this before, and he adds one more, distraction. Depending on the person, the most effective tool will be distraction, not even condemnation. And I'm often that victim. The question is, are you? And if so, what can we pray? What can we study from this passage so that we could be focused like never before? And why be focused? So that we could be productive like the world? 
Is it a self-help moment? Because it's not. If you're writing notes, please write this down. God is calling us to be focused so that we can enjoy Jesus. God is calling us to be focused. He wants to grace us with focus. He wants us to pray for focus for us and our children and our family and our city so that we could enjoy Jesus, so that we could enjoy his goodness. Verse 38, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So the first character that we see in this story is Martha. She's the one who's hospitable and welcomes Jesus. And you know it's not just Jesus because he hung around with, with his entourages, right? So it's, it's, it's group of people. She said, welcome, welcome, come on in. Her house probably wasn't that big, but she still actively welcomed them. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary. So the second character was a sister of Martha who welcomed Jesus, who ran to him. But Mary, sounds like she was sitting at home by herself. She sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. I love where she was, at the Lord's feet. The safest, the most powerful place that we can be. I'll say that again. At the Lord's feet. The safest and the most powerful place that we could ever be in. Now, now Martha here is not the villain, and, and Mary is not the angel here. And this verse, I don't think it's talking about the virtue and how, you know, listening to Jesus and maybe worshiping here is better than being hospitable or being in the kitchen. I think both are things that the Lord delights in. And, you know, Jesus taught and honored and became an example of servant and that perpetuated in the early church. So this is not against service or hospitality ministry per se. You know that. Or this verse, I don't think it's about the contemplative life and that is better than the life of being active. I don't think this verse is about that at all. But rather, I think this is about verse 41. Let's go back to that. This is what it says. That Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, there are moments where serving can help you be focused. One of the reasons why I am so glad that I get to preach to you right now is it helps me to be focused right now on Jesus more than ever. So it is my honor and my privilege to serve you. And, and you know, you might retain 20, 30%, or maybe if you're really awesome, 70% of what, what is heard today. But for me, I retain a lot more because I've spent time to prepare and I love to. So it is my honor to be focused when I serve. And some of you may be listening at home. You used to serve here at Grace or at your home church, and you, were not, you have not been serving for a while. You, you see and you find your soul being distracted and falling away from the presence of Jesus because you're made to serve. God is, for, God is all for service. However, there are moments in our lives where that service or that work distracts us from Jesus himself. Let's continue in verse 40. It says this, and she went, Martha went to Jesus and said, Lord, and I'm sure she had that tone, like a snappy tone, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? When you're distracted over time, you know what happens? You start to blame God. Can't you see that I'm the one holding this house together? Can't you see that I'm doing all the work? Jesus, do you not care for me? Why, why don't you love on me? You start to say that, and she's doing that. Tell her then to help me. Wow. 
you get that? The, the sentence, Lord, tell her, should not exist. The Lord means he's supposed to tell you what to do. But you called, her, you called him the Lord and you said, Lord, tell her, I'm going to make you Lord. I'll still call you Lord, but I'm going to tell you what to do. When we get distracted, we like to tell Jesus what to do. Why don't you go tell my wife that? Why don't you go fix my husband? Why don't you go fix my children? So it's not just a matter of, are you not praying or praying, but actually people around you don't like you anymore because <laughs> you want to control them. A few things. You find a stealth anger rising inside of you and you're distracted over time. Yeah, at your peers or people around you or the family that you've been living and seeing every day for the past few months. But more than that, really, at the root of it, please hear this, you're really angry at Jesus. You're actually complaining to Jesus. And his presence is no longer a pleasure, but a pressure. Showing up to service or that moment of worship is not sweet. It's, you don't look forward to that anymore but you're dreading it. It's a pressure. Yet you secretly envy Mary's restedness. You actually want it. You envy it. And you want to control people as we shared earlier. You want to tell people what to do. And you want to tell Jesus what to do. Let's continue to verse 41. But the Lord answered her. Jesus responds, Martha, Martha. And, 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 and the family, when we read names being repeated twice in the Bible, these are inc incredible moments of message. Moses heard that. David heard. Abraham heard that. Peter heard that. Peter, Peter, Simon, Simon. And Jesus is about to say something very important to Martha. Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. He has compassion on her, and he has compassion on us. But one thing is necessary. One thing. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. That one thing, that good portion, you know what that is? Jesus Christ himself. Oh, serving is great. Work is great. Your job is awesome. Please be faithful. Relationships are awesome. People are awesome. But if that takes you away from one thing, the good portion, our Lord, our Savior, our all, then something has gone wrong. So Christ is calling us back to be focused so we can enjoy Jesus. Focused so we can enjoy Jesus. That's what Mary had. That's what Mary had. And isn't our Lord good? He's so good. He calls us friend and children. I want you to enjoy me. You know, you know why I want you to be focused? Because I, I want you. Because I miss you. Because I want you to feel my love. That's how good our Lord is. Me and my wife, we met at a Christian conference. It was a college Christian conference. I saw her and I said, She's the most beautiful thing that I've seen, ever seen in my life. And you know, that's, you know, that's what most Christian conferences are for. <laughs> did, I, did I say something wrong, Pastor Brad? Maybe I did. I probably did. Okay, moving on. <laughs> we served in the same praise team, and she sung on stage. And I, it, 
to, in my view, I was like, oh man, that guy likes her, that guy, like, oh, that, okay. I'm seeing all my enemies now, all the brothers in Christ that has now become my enemies as we're all competing. That's what I thought. That, to me, that's what I thought, right? And we, the conference ended, I think it was, I don't, I think it was Thursday, and then we were all kind of flying out Friday. So you have that 24-hour window to now approach that guy or girl that you've been kind of eyeing on for the past few days of the conference, and you know, I get to have lunch or dinner or coffee, right? It's now the, the man and the woman of curse just step up and ask that question, right? So I'm kind of hanging around her, and I'm going like, hey, what, what are you, when are you flying out? Casual conversation? Okay, oh, wow, okay, tomorrow, cool. Do you want to grab something good to eat? And she's like, yeah, sure. And we're just about to get in this same car, which was my win, my first step to the better future and better life now. That's okay. I don't like that book, so let me, okay. As the Lord desires, and then I saw the other guy saying, oh, I, why don't you get out? I want to get in that car. Let me drive. I'm like, no, no, I will drive. And I will not let this steering wheel go. I will protect it with all my life. You better kill me before you remove me from this car. So we dated. And, and we got to meet each other and, and spend time together. And, and, and I had to wait three more years, praying for three more years, before she ever wanted to see me again. And then here we are. So I'm the winner in this house, I think. So praise God. So... However, the point, yes, I'm kind of, I'm just showing up, but the point is not that I won, though that's great, and I'm glad you know, but the point is this. When you and I fall in love, you know what we automatically know? That you want to be with that person in a setting, in a place where it's a place of the right setting, the right lights, mood, where you could just be with that person. It's not that active anymore, but you want to enter that place of quietness, that dating mood atmosphere, right? And I know as husbands and wife, we're supposed to always date, but we often forget, right? Because we're so busy. But Jesus wants us to come back to that place. Remember, book of Romans, book of Ephesians, breaks down the gospel, and two-thirds of that, you know what it is. It's about between us and him, between you and him, who we are in Christ. So he's saying, date me right now, and let's just talk about you and me. Before you talk about all the activities of what you could do and how you could live as a Christian, let me just share who you are and what you mean to me in my heart and what I gave up to love on you and to save you. That's what the book of Romans is. God will break it, and he will say, two-thirds of my heart is this. Not one-third, live this way because I love you this much. That's what God does. Now, once we stop dating God and hearing that voice, Two-third of the time, our one-third also starts to dwindle. So I'm all for those books of focus, but hear me, hear me. If you're really focused and if your heart is not right, your relationship, your walk with God is not right, you're going to be so focused and so be so more selfish, so, so much more selfish, and you start to do all the wrong things with all that focus. God wants us to be focused to enjoy Jesus. He's saying, come to me. Date me. When was the last time that you dated Jesus? When was the last time that you dated Jesus? No, no, no. I'm not talking about that business meeting that you have with your Lord. Lord, we got to do this. We got to do that. No, no, no. Not that. But just dating Jesus. Just gazing on his beauty and letting him love on you where you're not distracted. 
He's just saying, I love you. And this is where it all started. One of my testimonies is this. This is how I became a pastor. A, a, a group, Campus Crusade for Christ, they came to Hong Kong. And I was in Hong Kong and they came and they're, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're, you know, loving Jesus and teaching us to love Jesus. And I fell in love with Jesus. I, lo- I loved him. He loved me more than anything. And his love was not, like nothing else. And I was praying after they left. I was feeling a little lonely and I was praying. And I was feeling the presence of God comforting me. And I said, God, I love your presence so much. I don't want to do anything else. But I know me. If you leave my life up to me, I'll probably fall away from you in no time. So you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm going to become a pastor. And I thought, I thought that if you become a pastor, you'll always love Jesus. Oh boy, was I wrong. The title has nothing to do with loving Jesus. But God received my heart. And I, I prayed about it. I didn't get a confirmation. Talked to my parents about it. Didn't get a confirmation. So I forgot about it for 10 years. And one day I was praying, Lord, I was pursuing a music career, and I said, God, I just want whatever you want in my life. I just want to love you. I'm so sick and tired of chasing my dreams and feeling empty and being hurt and being broken. I don't even know what to do with my life, but I think I love you. And I was praying, God, and God showed me a vision of myself, eighth grade myself, praying that prayer. And he didn't just show me a vision. He showed me, he let me feel his heart and how much he loved me for praying that prayer. It wasn't the content of prayer. It wasn't like I became a pastor because I had this tremendous call to change things and visions or methods or, or, or no. I just love Jesus and I said, I'm just trying to figure out a way to be near you. And God said, it's not about what you do, but I love the fact that you're willing to do whatever it takes to love me. And I said, God, I'm going to sign up to seminary right now. Not because I have to, but because I want to keep that heart because I do love you. And somewhere down the road, I, I forgot that. I lost that. I'm so sorry. And one of the reasons why I'm about to cry is because I often do that. And I stand before you, and that's exactly where I am so many times. I said, Lord, I signed up because I fell in love with you, because you were it. And, and sometimes I forgot the main thing, the one thing, the better portion. And I'm choosing all the other things, which are not bad things. It, it's not bad. It's not sin. But I'm allowing them to take me away from you. And I'm forgetting why I'm here in the first place. I'm distracted. God, would you help me? God, would you help me? And as I was praying this one night, I was just praying, and God just gave me focus. I, I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to be disciplined, but it just fell from heaven. My thoughts were clear. I could do things, and I'm not, I wasn't distracted in my thoughts. My foggy thoughts just got removed, and I said, God, what just happened? And he said, I just gave you focus by grace. Not by works, but by grace. Family, I believe this is the message that God has placed in my heart. He wants to grace you with focus. Yeah, work with him. Yeah, work with him. Put your effort into it, no doubt. But he wants to not only for you to lean on your works, but he wants to grace you every step of the way right now. Do you need focus? Pray for it. It's so simple. But why is it we don't go to God about our issues? We feel like we need to get our lives fixed up so we could meet Jesus. When was that ever true? 
did you fix your life when you met Jesus? No, he showed up and he said, I still love you. I know you're a sinner, but I love you and I died for you. And I said, God, thank you. That's how we started. But along the way, we forget that. We said, okay, once I start becoming super focused in my devotional life, in my prayer life, then Jesus will show up. Mm, maybe not. Maybe we just need to go to God as we are and ask for focus, not for any other reason, but to say, because I want to enjoy you. We see that spirit of distractedness in Nehemiah 6.2 as well. Sambalak and, and Tobiah. And I share this as a prayer request for our house, for the leaders of the house, for Pastor Brett, as they're repairing and building some walls. There will always be Sambalak and Tobiah who appears to be allies in the first cleanse. And they go to them and say, come down and meet with me here. Meet with us here. Rather, what they want is to distract Nehemiah, the leader of the house, from what he should be doing. We need to be protecting because they're building this big wall around their whole nation and the sphere of the influence that God has given them. We need to stand by them and say, God, give them an unusual focus and power like never before because they're building a wall that this nation needs. Can we say and clap for that in an agreement? We need to be praying for that. And Jesus in his ministry, we see defeating the same thing. He said this so many times, but he said this, be quiet. Jesus says sternly, come out of him. When Jesus said this, the devil or, or the evil spirit was saying truth. Oh, he's the Messiah. He's the son of God. Truth, but distracting. Not from the Holy Spirit. So the question is, is it true or not? That's not the question. The question is, is it from the Holy Spirit? Often, the right words, the truth, are the most distracting thing. In my, in my imagination, this is how it looks like. Say, you know, you're, you're, you're out on a date with, with single people, you know, the, the girl or the guy that you've been wanting to date, you're finally dating, and you know of this guy or girl who wants to be the third wheel, right? And he keeps calling. It's like, oh, can you, can you FaceTime me? Can you FaceTime me? And trying to distract the mood of the dating, right? Would you be really annoyed by that person? I would be, and you ought to be. Keep calling you in the middle of a movie. Man, I'm in the middle of a movie. No, no, FaceTime me. No, I can't. Hang up and don't call me back. Or I'm going to block you for the rest of my life. I feel like that's what Satan wants to do to us all the time when we're trying to take Jesus. I mean, I hear that voice, that condemning voice. Oh, you're not good enough. You messed up. That angry voice. What are you doing here? You're resting? Should, should, you, should you not be saving more souls? All different kinds of voices trying to distract us. C.S. Lewis, in a book called Screwtape Letter, he writes this story in a first-person voice of a devil speaking to a smaller devil. He says this. He was, about, he was talking about a gentleman who was an atheist and who had a thought about God. A thought about God. And I'll read the next portion. Before I knew where I was, and this is the first person voice of the evil spirit, I saw my 20 years of work beginning to totter. If I had lost my head and begun to attempt to defend, by an, uh, attempt a defense by an argument, I should have been undone. But I was not such a fool. So what he's saying is, I didn't use logical arguments to win him over. 
I struck instantly at the part of the man which I had best under my control and suggested that it was just about time he had some lunch. The enemy, and he's talking about God, presumably, presumably made the counter-suggestion that this was more important than lunch, the thought of God. At least, I think that must have been his line for when I said, quiet, in fact, much too important to tackle in the end of a morning. And he got up, and he went to lunch, and he said, that's when I won. When I, when I showed him a youth boy shouting in the midday newspaper and a number 73 bus going past, I know I want him because he's distracted him. Family, we know our spiritual warfare is in our mind a lot of times. The enemy loves to use the tactic of distraction. Something that is neutral and sometimes even good, and most of the time good, such as a meal to say, why not that stop that chain of thought which was leading you to victory and to God and think about something else, do something else. You know, when we choose that good portion, Jesus Christ, I see that this is what starts to happen. Jesus speaks up for you. Do you notice that in this passage, Mary doesn't say a word. She doesn't defend herself. She doesn't defend herself against the spirit of distractedness. Rather, Jesus speaks up, Martha, Martha. And then you find, and I find, prayer moving from a labor to pleasure. And even the sufferings that you and I might go through or trials that you're going through now becomes our joy. Why? Because you'll find that in the middle of the trial, he is closest to you. So even though it's uncomfortable and painful, you're okay. Because the main thing is closer than ever. And that is the better portion. You'll find the greatest fruit in ministry will come out from that secret place of focus. I like what Heidi Baker said. She did a ministry, she built a tremendous ministry in Mozambique. A place of devastation and hunger and a lot of orphans. She said, as the ministry started to become more famous, a lot of young people came to intern. And this is what she said about the interns. I know almost right away how long that intern will last. Some will last four months to six months and we'll go back home. Some will last a long time bearing a lot of fruit. And she said, the only difference is those who have a secret place with God, undistracted place with the Lord Jesus, place with Jesus Christ, and the others who don't. Because as soon as they wake up in the morning, they'll be flooded with hundreds of orphans coming and knocking at doors saying, help me, feed me, play with me, hang out with me, talk to me. And, and, and when they, the first few months, they're super excited and they say, okay, let me feed you, let me serve you. And they're playing with the children and feeling the love of God and that's all great. They're serving so well, but they are neglecting the better portion, Jesus Christ himself, and they don't have the secret place with God himself. And over time, six to six, four to six months, they say, I'm burnt out, I gotta go back home. Maybe this is not it for me. And they leave ministry. But those who might not appear to do much when they initially start, but know to secure and protect and fight for that secret place with Lord Jesus Christ. They'll bear much fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold. 
they'll last. They'll last because they built on a foundation of solid rock, Jesus Christ himself. Not the actions, not the acts, not the works, not the accolades, not the achievement, not the people, not the responses, not the applauses, but on Jesus Christ. Family, God is calling us to be focused so we can enjoy Jesus. Would you answer that call? Three, application. Prayer is enjoying his presence. Enjoying his presence. Let's change our mindset. COVID-19. Through this season, I believe God is saying, I miss you. You are saying you're too busy. You are saying you are way too busy. And God is saying, I'm giving you time. Call to prayer. Acts 1.14. All these went with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the woman and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Devoting themselves to prayer. Focused on prayer. Enjoying Jesus. The only difference between the early church and us might be the fact that they were devoted in prayer and we're not. They evangelized, we evangelized. They served, we serve. They did ministry, we serve, we did ministry. Maybe we might do things better. But they devoted themselves to prayer. Maybe God is calling you to that moment of prayer. Let's pray. Now as we begin to pray, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you don't have that relationship with him and if you'd like to, would you pray this prayer with me, whether in heart or out loud? Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for calling me to enjoy you, to love you, and be loved by you. Help me to stay there for the rest of my life till you call me home. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Now, second prayer is all of us. If you want to welcome that call, say, God, I want my prayer to be pleasure. I want to date you again. And if you're joining in on a Wednesday evening like this, we know you love Jesus. That's why you're joining in. So why don't we just pray that prayer and express to the heart right now. Wherever you are, at home, at sanctuary, outside, in the lobby, why don't we all pray? Say, God, I want to date you again, Jesus. Help me. Let's take a moment to pray.
Lord, it all started with you. It all began with you. And we know it will all end with you. There's so many things in this life that will burn away and pass away. But you will remain. As we sang today, Lord, you will remain. Help us to remain in you. Closer, closer than ever before. Lord, forgive us for neglecting you. Help us to choose the better thing, the good thing, the only thing that is necessary, Lord. We love you.